It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Go Birds pod. I am John Barchard, and this is the Eagles Steelers postgame review Boogaloo. I keep trying to fit in Boogaloo. I really need to stop doing that, but uh, glad you could join us. You can find us at Go Birds pod at John Barchard on the Twitter dot com. And of course, if you are uh, listening to this on SoundCloud by any chance, uh, our SoundCloud page is still going to be there till November. Uh, but it will go away after that, so you can subscribe at uh, Omni Studios Radio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, any of those fine podcast services. You will definitely go and find us there and also uh, 94WIP.com. Uh, so, what did we think about last night? There is, I mean, not a lot you can take away from last night, but certainly things that didn't happen piqued, uh, piqued my interest, especially Donnell Pumphrey not being out there. Last night, which was a little bit interesting and something of note, I know Ruben Franken mentioned that uh, he was a little banged up on Tuesday, so maybe it's not that big of a stretch if he is going through something just not great for his snaps, and uh, you know that means Josh Adams is going to get a few more of those, and Wendell Smallwood's going to get a few more of those, and I'll have more on that uh, a little bit later in the show, but certainly Donnell Pumphrey not being out there for game one, pretty much not a good sign for his chances, at least early on, and I've said this a lot before, the, the RB4 battle, which is hilarious to talk about and like we're going to get into wow an 81 yard punt um those are the things that are flashing in terms of like what this team still kind of needs and if we're talking about that and we have been for most of the offseason the Eagles are in pretty good shape no matter what I say over the next 
four weeks here. So uh, James is on vacation, by the way. Uh, he uh, he snuck away. He knew. He knew exactly what was coming for him. And uh, he did miss some long Cox jokes, which is uh, I'm always here for. And I can't believe Fletcher Cox actually snuck that in on the TV broadcast last night. But uh, James will be back next week. Um, also want to let you know before we got into uh, all, the, uh, all the other stuff about this game. Monday night, if you are around... Uh, at Chicky and Pete's, we will be uh, me and Vince Quinn will be doing a live fantasy football uh, a show, and uh, we are gonna. That's gonna be on ninety four WIP's Facebook page. And if you're down there, there's a bunch of drink specials. Of course, there's crab fries and all sorts of stuff. Plus, some Eagles players will join us around their former ones. Uh, you know, Ike Reese is obviously gonna hang out. Hollis Thomas will be there too. So it's gonna be a fun time uh, Monday this Monday, uh, which is August thirteenth. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, 6 p.m. till about 7, 7.30, uh, and then we'll be hanging out afterwards kind of as well. Thursday, obviously, the Patriots will have a little, nice little kickoff to that. Also going on a chicken pizza, and that's going to be the first time that you are going to be able to get those uh, Bud Light Philly special boxes with the two glasses and the, the really fancy uh, Bud Light bottle. So they're going to have like a little release party there. James and I will be there, and we'll take you all the way up till uh, game time when the, uh, the Eagles and Patriots kick off on Thursday. That's on the, the 16th. Uh, of August there but uh, let us get, uh, get into this one because uh, the the thing that impressed me most and should impress everyone else the most is the fact that the both trenches have no rust on them whatsoever not that you should expect that they would but I mean Fletcher Cox just absolutely ripping through Pittsburgh's defensive line although it's there's probably some uh, mostly half of them I think are second teamers there might have been uh, a few third teamers in there as well that's a great sign. A, a, a zero coverage blitz, which I know uh, gives me bad memories from Seattle of, of testing Russell Wilson with that, but having Malcolm Jenkins uh, get in there and take care of Landry Jones, that's all well and good. It's not Big Ben. It's not anybody else. Maybe there's a chance that Big Ben exca- escapes from one of those things, but, hey, it's a really good sign. The other thing that I noticed, too, was you know Fletcher Cox was still getting through there without – I, I, I said it on the preview pod, and I still believe this now. I It's not that I never respected Timmy Jernigan's game. I mean, he was a clear upgrade uh, you know, over Benny Logan. And is Destiny better than Timmy Jernigan? Probably not. But they have enough depth here, and we have yet to see Haloti Nadanor, or we are we going to probably other than maybe 30 snaps or, or less uh, during that third preseason game. There's still enough at defensive tackle where – I you know maybe they still go after Fletcher Cox and try to double team him, but he kind of showed that last year that he was able to power through a lot of those. And throughout most of the season, I would say Timmy didn't have a huge effect on Fletcher Cox's production or like getting him open or having him just one on one solo or Timmy take advantage of a double team. Uh, maybe we got to go back and and relook at all the film from last year just as a reminder, but. Fletch is going to be great and fine this year. And that was always his goal coming into the season is he wanted to be the ultimate sack leader. You know, he whether he is trying to earn that $100 million contract that everybody always talks about or whatever, uh, I think Fletch is going to be fine. And the the rotation is just so ridiculous. I said it last night, too, where, listen, Stephen Means needs to find a team that is going to give him meaningful snaps in a football game. Because that guy is a great situational pass rusher. And 
literally, like, where who are you going to play him over right now? You're not going to play him over Long. You're not going to play him over Barnett. You're not going to play him over Bennett. You're not going to play him over Brandon Graham. Uh, Maybe for the first couple of games of the season, he will he will be around. But to me, that's still a big trade candidate for Howie Roseman as this thing goes along. I mean, Stephen Means is putting on a display uh, every single preseason, and he can't get in there. You know, even if he's a thirty percent guy or twenty five percent guy, uh, uh, I believe that in in some regards his game is is better than Vinnie Curry's. And the only reason why they weren't going to play him back and forth is because one, Vinny is still really good, and he <laughs> had that large con- or not really good. Uh, uh, Vinny was still good, had that large contract, and how he knew that he was going to either trade him or cut him, and you know to to increase his value to keep him out there. I think that all plays into this. But Stephen means you just it's it's crazy how much pass rush and not just pass rush but just dominance that this defensive line has in its rotation I think you're starting to see small peaks of that we didn't get a, a big taste of Michael Bennett and and what he's able to provide but just from practices alone and seeing them you know masquerade and do all this different stuff is whoo it's going to be so much fun to watch this defensive line I also believe and I don't know if I said this in the preview show or not that you could take Michael Bennett and and make him right next to Fletcher Cox more than I think we're believing in. Not in terms like if you situationally uh, pass rush, that's one thing. But if he's rotating with Nada and maybe Elijah Qualls, who by the way had an outstanding night last night, I want to make sure that I, I I get that out there before we get any further. Elijah Qualls, despite referees throwing flags twenty five yards behind the play and calling defensive holding in a preseason game. I thought Elijah Qualls and that second and third rotation of of, of the Eagles defensive line played really well uh, in their first uh, preseason game of uh, of this year, and that's something to look at because if you have Elijah in there too in that mix, that gives these guys a lot of different options and destiny and uh, and uh, and and shoot to shit to. <laughs> I can't. No, that's that's clearly not right. Z shit too is uh, what I'm trying to say. Uh, all of those guys made a pretty good impact yesterday. So there is, and again, uh, Aziz is only 24. I believe that Elijah Qualls is only 24. They've been working and working and working and working. You're that whole iron sharpens iron thing, as much as it is like a a big football cliche, seems to fit and work here. Keep chopping the wood or <laughs> hungry dogs run faster. Whatever those are, uh, I think they've obviously established the the more depth that they have throughout you know this uh, this team is just that's the biggest takeaway from last night the depth last night is outstanding on both sides of the ball it really is and the defense uh, the defensive line way more than the offensive line but you are seeing guys that are that are stepping in here and it's like it's nothing that's a great sign that big v is able to plow through and open up a hole for Wendell Smallwood on a two-point conversion last night. Awesome. Awesome to see uh, as this thing kind of grows further and further and further because you have to remember a lot of these guys were were playing uh, really meaningful snaps last year. They had to because of of injuries and things. So I I think that definitely helps, and it was very evident last night. So uh, that, that is a long way of saying the offensive and defensive lines 
played spectacular last night. The things that, uh, you know, our good friend uh, Nate Sudfeld, uh, who is, I don't know. I still don't know what to make of the performance last night. I thought it was good. I thought it was bad. It's, and it wasn't just okay. It's either it teeters on either side. I'm going to lean that he was good last night. That's what I'll say. I think he was good last night. The, the process of his steps were kind of all over the place. I think he saw a lot of things, and his body just forgot how to do some of the basic quarterback things. At one point, I know he's being pressured like it almost somebody blew an assignment. The, the defensive tackle went right up to him, and he sidestepped it. And the next thing you know, he is speeding up everything. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> when there's a 340-pound guy chasing after you, of course you're going to do that instinctively. But then just didn't stop, reset, and it didn't didn't see like what was down the field, obviously, but looked like he had a ton of different options. And the next thing you know, he ends up taking a sack. So all of those things are... I don't know, trying to make a big play, trying to push it out there, trying to impress the crowd or the coaches or all together. It just looked like he was really ramped up and uh, processing just fine. It just didn't end up hitting. Now, what did did end up hitting, oh boy, Shelton Gibson, hello. Uh, Wow, that was was exactly what I think this fan base and everyone needed to see. It was a fantastic throw by Nate Sudfeld. That is something... Uh, as much as the inconsistency is happening, his deep ball has been great since OTAs. It's been great throughout training camp. And Shelton Gibson has been like that during training camp as well. Haven't seen a tuple, uh, a bunch of deep shots from him, but that's what you wanted to see. So much progress from Shelton Gibson year one who couldn't catch anything to year two. There are still a tiny bit amount of drops that are happening, but at the same time, that type of speed, a little bit more of a deep threat, somebody that could eventually take over for wide receiver X who is going to sign the one-year deal to try and go win a Super Bowl ring. Maybe you don't need to do that in the next year or two if Shelton Gibson develops. The other thing that is exciting to me, not only in Shelton Gibson's wide receiving game, but is also if he's going to be one of the main kick returners, that's, that's huge. That's huge if he can uh, take that role. Because right now, as much as we're trying to figure out a bunch of different things about this team and its depth, that's the one big thing that I think is still a major key is they 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 don't really have anybody that's oh man this guy's dangerous with kickoffs uh, try and and make sure that he doesn't kick it short or pooch it or something they don't have that type of weapon I think Shelton Gibson is that weapon just in terms of speed I thought his vision was really good last night and. Interesting to see how these new kickoffs are changing somewhat uh, of the strategy that is uh, that has been happening here. And I can't remember who made the point, but I think it was Paul Domowich. You know, they can't have wedges anymore. They're, they've all been eliminated. They can't link arms. They can't hold hands and just barrel over three or four different guys. That's all out now. So I wonder if offensive linemen and their their amount of them that they're going to keep on a 46-man active roster if that kind of gets eliminated because they can't play special teams. That's how you're supposed to make teams is, is being on special teams. But they've eliminated that now, so you don't need as many big bodies. You need guys that are quick and fast and can jack dudes up and are mobile in doing that. So that means probably more linebackers. That means more 
uh, you know, defensive ends or something, something like that. So uh, I'll have to keep an eye on that, but certainly keep an eye on Shelton Gibson. That is, uh, I think he's now a little bit ahead in the race for that wide receiver five, which also Marcus Whedon didn't go either. Mike Wallace was down uh, uh, for obvious reasons. I think in the last open practice, he walked out with tendonitis. Uh, so that's and the vet, obviously, like they don't need to prove anything. Uh, Wheaton kind of still does. I mean, this is this is still on the outside looking in here, but uh, that um, uh, elevates uh, Gibson just on kickoff returns alone. And then you end up with a big bomb and you have the Eagles wide receiver coach just, you know, uh, mic'd up last night and being really, really proud of him and giving a little pat on the head and all that. So uh, two gold stars uh, out, I would say. We'll give one to Sudfeld after he kind of calmed himself down. I think that throw made up for a lot of things. Uh, certainly Shelton Gibson as well, I thought played really, really well. And let's get to our let's get to our boy, Dallas Goddard. Are you kidding me? Uh, I I would say, I, I, don't kill me for this. Dallas looked good last night. He did. I mean, uh, but uh, the Steelers were playing nothing but zone. I didn't see any man coverage on him at any time. But he did go to the spots. He sat in the middle, and he was right there. Other than maybe the the tight end seam, I don't know. But regardless of all that, you can just tell how physical he is. He really is, and that's a big difference there. I know a lot of people keep pointing towards this guy looks a lot like Zach Ertz, and maybe he does. Maybe he looks like him in in the in a physical form, but he doesn't play like him. And you're going to be able to do a lot of interesting things with him. I know we've talked about that a lot, but one thing that stuck out to me last night, still while uh, I believe the second team had just come on in the second quarter, the Eagles like to do this HB wham in a in a in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes it is in twelve personnel, which I I think this was last night as well, or maybe it was uh, eleven, and I wasn't quite sure. But they had a, a bunch set to the left with four wide receivers. Dallas Goddard was part of that last bunch, and they put him in motion, and it looked like he was going to spread out wide to the other side, and then he motioned back immediately. And snap of the ball, handoff goes to Corey Clement. They leave the defensive end, you know, wide open to say, oh, man, I got a free shot at this. And then the next thing you know, Dallas Goddard is absolutely crushing his soul by, you know, a cut block or whatever it was. He just he took him out. Wham! Like wanted it. Embraced that contact, which is a great thing to see. That look can can deceive a lot of different things, too. Um, I don't think Dallas is as is as fast as uh, you know, somebody quicker like an, a Nelson Aguilar or whatever, but there's still that option for you know Dallas on a on a on an end around to go back that way, or if it's to Corey, or if it's a fake to Corey, and then you know there's just a lot of different wrinkles and looks that all of these guys are starting to provide, and in a very vanilla uh, game one, uh, that what that place stuck out to me, uh, stuck out to me the most just in terms of what they're able to do and and new new window dressing for a lot of that stuff. I mean, HB Wham is a basic play. It's a basic running play where it's just you're either going to go to the weak side, strong side in between, uh, you know, uh, guard and tackle and guard and tackle on the other side. That's it. Uh, and to have it look like that where you're almost <laughs> running like the oop-de-oop when it's, uh, you know, four on one side, one on the other, uh, to spread everybody out and then to to uh, have that crackback block with Dallas was really, really cool to see. So that was kind of the wrinkle of 
of uh, of Doug Peterson and the rest of the crew uh, throwing a little something new at us. At least I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was a little new as well. But I thought uh, you know Dallas Goddard getting his first touchdown that was awesome, and that's part of it. I mean, he's as much as he is as a safety net for Nate Sudfeld. That guy is going to be a safety net for uh, you know, for Foles, for Wentz, for everyone moving forward. Because he he right now is playing the role which I think Sproles has played his entire career and is what has made him successful. Where is that guy? Where did he go? Oh, there he is. He just caught another first down. He was wide open because we were so worried about Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar and Mike Wallace that we we forgot. We forgot. My bad, guys. Another first down. The same way that Darren Sproles is there, like who, who's accounting for him and swing pass or uh, yeah, a Texas route, and the next thing you know, he's off to the races for a first down or more. Same concept. Uh, and it is, uh, at least on t- in, in full game form, he looks a little slower than I anticipated, but uh, that could just be my eyes just be deceiving me because he is he is really quick on the on the route running. Uh, obviously, had a bad drop, but we will forgive that as you know rolled right along. And uh, I thought it was a really great uh, first game performance for him. And also uh, the other star, Sidney Jones. Uh, yeah, the, that new tackling rule is going to take a lot of getting used to. A lot, a lot, a lot of getting used to. But the instincts of what we all thought Sidney Jones was supposed to be and is and was and will continue to be off of his Washington tape was certainly there last night. That was impressive. Uh, the coverage was really good. The instinct on tackling was really good. Getting to the spot was uh, was fantastic. A little bit of a scare with the ankle. Uh, got through that injury and loved that he wanted to get taped up and go right back out there. Sidney Jones was very fluid, very, very fluid. And I thought that was one of the, the most important things to see uh, in, in live game action. And we've seen it in practice a lot. Um, I thought it was uh, good that they kept him in nickel for most of the time because that's going to be his role this year, no doubt about it. Uh, and that still leads me to believe that they're not really preparing him for the outside. Mainly, one, he knows what to do as a corner playing the outside just in terms of technique and he's pretty far advanced in there Uh, and you're not really losing any of that by going in and playing the nickel sure your assignments are a little bit different maybe your first steps are a little bit different but playing the nickel is is not like oh my god now i have to learn this completely new position it's just getting used to uh, a lot of that so we didn't see the outside which still leads me to believe that it is going to be mills and darby and uh, and Sidney Jones playing out in the secondary at all times, which is exactly what I think we all want right now heading into the season. It makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, and granted, if you know somebody comes by and offers a first-round pick or something crazy like that to uh, Ronald Darby or for Jalen Mills or to whoever, th- then the conversation changes. Obviously, we would all understand why, but, you know, uh, I just want to reiterate again that those three guys are probably going to have a lot of success this year, and I don't. There's no reason to break all those guys up. There's just no reason. Uh, so Sydney being out there, just man, he just looks good, and I don't really know. There's no nuance other than that. He looks incredibly comfortable playing nickel, and uh, you know, even just the aggressiveness. I can't. I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong. At John Barchard or at Go Birdspot. I believe Sydney blitzed once last night from the nickel spot um, and and looked good doing it. 
So uh, those uh, those were my biggest takeaways, at least on the positive side. And there wasn't a ton of negatives here. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what to do with with Razul Douglas in terms of yes, I mean there he is always in the right spot despite everything that happened. I know the Juju Smith-Schuster play was was weird. People kept saying that he stepped on uh, Juju's cleat or something like that. I didn't see it when it slowed down unless it really, right at the last second where it didn't go. People said he pushed off. I didn't really see a push off. And if it was, it, it's, it's the same stuff that you're going to get every single game that you play in your NFL career. Um, I just think he mistimed the jump. And if you are... Just nine inches closer, six inches closer to a lot of these, he's batting that away. Uh, and the the touchdown towards the end at the back of the end zone where, you know, I mean, Dobbs threw an incredible ball. He's in the right spot, fingertips away from from blocking that and, get, and getting away. And still, like, his instincts are, are outstanding. And it gets lost in it big time when you see those type of plays and it's like, man, they, you know, they scored another touchdown on him. Or... Jeez, uh, the, the Juju Smith thing was, you know, he didn't jump at the right time. So throw him some more fly balls in center field to learn how to judge a football or or whatever it is. His instincts are so good. And it's just a hair off of where he needs to be on the field. And I would assume that you're going to hear a lot of Corey Unlin yelling at him uh, in particular for for a very long time uh, the for, for this week. But Razul has all that. It's there. It's just it's just this other layer he needs to unlock in his system where like he is reading everything correctly, but he's still not making the play sometimes. And look, he does make those plays eight out of ten times, seven out of ten times, whatever it is. Uh, and I'm not trying to 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 polish a turd here. I wouldn't do that to you. I just I'm telling you what I see. And what I see is a great corner with great instincts that is not in the in, in the it's, it's even funny to say not in the best position because he is in a good position it's just like when the ball is physically there that's a problem and you're gonna go well duh john that's what corners are supposed to do they're supposed to judge where the ball goes to bat it out of the way so you don't score touchdowns i get that uh it's just i i can't figure it out and i don't know what is going to uh to make that click but it's probably just a lot more time and a lot more reps. And uh, the more he has those opportunities to go play second and third corners, um, he's going to need them for sure. Because uh, at, at some point, and people keep saying this, and I don't know where it's coming from because I don't, I don't personally see Rizzo Douglas as a safety. Um, the, the de- if, if he's having depth problems now playing corner, what is he? What's going to happen when you change that? And he's just kind of roaming around and doing that. Although his interception was very safety-ish, I will say, very very safety-ish. So we'll have to wait and see on Razul. But kind of an up and downer. Nothing that we have seen different from uh, last season. But certainly, I'm not going to kill him uh, because you know those weren't. He was in the right spot, but not the right spot at the same time. Which brings us to Jordan Mailata, who for his first football game, I mean that was good. In, if you're keeping it in that box, in that context, it was good. However, everything else was was not great. I believe we're up to four peanuts of football knowledge, according to my uh, chart tracker, which has uh, been started by Bo Wolf. And uh, yes, yes, four peanuts of knowledge. I think maybe he might have increased to five. 
And I was uh, slightly disappointed that they didn't throw him a screen to his side to to kind of get him into rugby phase. That's one of the things I wanted everybody to see was him just, if he's on the move and he's got CBs and DBs and linebackers in front of him, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a really fun time. Uh, but, whoo, man, the first couple of snaps letting Joe Callahan hang out to dry, which ultimately leads to him fumbling and them turning over the football. Not the greatest thing in the world. But in terms of... He still had a really good pass protection rep, or, or two of them. Uh, his first steps were a lot better than uh, than what has been seen in the past couple of weeks here at camp. So I would say he's learning quicker than maybe people give him credit for in terms of, I have no idea what I'm doing. Please tell teach me how to play football. I think he's progressing a lot faster. A lot faster than people give him credit for. Not to a point where he's going to be ready for an active roster spot or whatever. I would, I wouldn't be shocked in a year if he makes this roster, though. And it's, uh, and I don't know if anybody is going to come out and try and grab him from the practice squad at one point. Maybe they do, but uh, that is, I believe by by NFL rules, that is still his decision whether to whether to do it or not. And uh, I, it, for him, I would assume that he wouldn't want to go anywhere else because he is learning about a particular system in a particular position, and who knows what happens after that. So people always ask, you know, why did they draft him in the seventh round where they could have gone and just picked him up and whatever. That's pretty much one of the reasons, too. It's the psychology of all that. You know, do I really want to leave this place that drafted me, that spent a, a draft pick on me, do they really believe that I can do this? And even just from that alone, uh, you know, I, I I believe that Jordan will be here for a couple of years to see if he can make this make this thing work. But you know, uh, it was great to see that uh, from uh, at least from a, a bunch of people's press box view, Jason Peters and uh, and Big V went right up to him after the uh, the turnover and were just saying like, "Hey, man, keep your head up." You know, this is a, a teachable moments almost instantly, and those guys have been doing that all the time. Stoutland will be there ripping him to shreds, ripping him to shreds. And then the next thing you know, uh, you know, every single tackle that's there just goes over and, and shows him different things. So he's getting there, uh, in, uh, and, and not in, again, not in terms of like being on the roster, but he is getting there. It is a nice progress to see based on his curve you know if he was an NFL player or a college player coming in here then you know it'd be like all right this guy's this guy's out <laughs> you know he's been playing football for eight years or whatever already it's time to go but as again just 20 years old and doesn't look 20 doesn't sound 20 very mature wants to learn is absorbing things like a sponge really smart guy as as much as it wasn't great it is good progress for him the individual who has never played football what was Bad, who has played football for a long time. I mean, Isaac Salomalu continues to do Isaac Salomalu things. I don't know what happened. And I was one of the guys that kept making the arguments of, just wait until you see this guy at center. Oh, boy, that's his natural position. You're going to go in there, and it's going to be outstanding. And he has not provided any of that. Not only the snaps are bad, but his reps aren't that great either. In pass protection, in run blocking, it's not that great. It's okay. Like, it's just okay. And that's something that's carried over from Kansas City week two. It's just okay, and sometimes it's bad. And those are second and third stringers that you're going up against. You're just sitting there going, man, 
what is what is happening here? Just a bad night for him and bad stock. And if you have it, sell it uh, at this point. Like there is, there's no coming back from from this. I don't think it's weird as it is to say. I don't think Isaac Sayomalu is going to be on this on this football team. That's my first couple of impressions. That's OTAs camp and and this uh, football game against the Steelers. That you're just going. I mean, he is going to have to dig deep over the next couple of weeks to really turn this thing around. And look, maybe he does. But that's gonna be that's gonna be up to him, and those snaps just can't like that cannot happen at all. And uh, I know Jamal Jackson, who I've talked to a couple of times about this, has mentioned like, hey, this happens, you know. And he hasn't played center in a in a long time, and they've asked him to do a lot of things. So now you're transferring over, and and trust me, I get all that, but it, it shouldn't be like it's your first time playing the position either. So. In the next couple of weeks, he's going to have to really go after all these different reps uh, and just snap footballs forever until he figures it out. And some of them are just in every, almost every single time it's uh, it's on a running play. <laughs> you know, like almost every single time of practice, it's on a running play while they're in shotgun, uh, whether it's a play action or it's an RPO or whatever. It's always a running play for some reason. It uh, he He panics over it. If it's just... They know it's a pass, like it's crisp and it's clean, but for some reason, running plays and Isaac Salomalo snapping the football just don't work for some reason. So um, outside of that, uh, Josh Sweat, I thought, had a, a very, very good performance uh, to start. Obviously, the, the the shot to the head, quote-unquote, uh, to Dobbs there, which uh, which ultimately let the Steelers go and score uh, with uh, Trufant and those guys, um, Josh Sweat made a made a lot of impact early too. So I don't know if those fifteen pounds are really uh, really uh, providing a lot of more strength and sp- uh, power and speed. But uh, Josh Sweat looked looked as advertised, and that's a good thing to see and and step on moving forward. And of course. The thing that we've been most concerned about throughout camp, what is the punter going to do? What is Cameron Johnston going to do? Uh, if first couple of punts, not so great. And then even though it got called back uh, due to, what was it, a, a, off, or a defensive holding or like a, the kicking team or the receiving team, excuse me, whatever the dumb penalty was, 81 yards. 81 yards is all you need to know. When he finally gets into one, he can get into one. Uh, and even the punt after it was okay, like it was good enough. So those are in there, and uh, that's that's good to see. And for everybody that was criticizing the punter, one eighty-one yard punt just kind of took care uh, of the rest for sure. Tell you what, we have a couple of questions on the twitter.com as well. You can uh, ask us at any time and we'll try to get in as many questions as we can each episode from a good friend, Matt Gumbrecht. If you had to bet your paycheck on one guy getting cut from the Eagles this year, who are you taking? Uh, I, I Donnell Pumphrey is an obvious one. Man, if I had to bet my paycheck, I would say... How about this? I would say that Marcus Wheaton over over Aiken at this point. What do you think about that? <laughs> I kind of feel as though that's a Joe Douglas guy and he wants him here and thus he will probably stay here. And that's some of the things that I didn't uh, – we, we probably still need a little bit of an answer to because – I, I don't know how much Doug has a say in his new contract now. You know, like I don't I don't know anymore. Um, and I don't know if it's increased or stayed the same. But if it is still just, hey, we're going to put the best players for you on the field. Um, 
I think Aiken makes it over Wheaton. And so I would say Wheaton and Pumphrey, if I had to bet my paycheck, my my week check, uh, my game check, I guess I should say, as Carson does, uh, I, w- I would pick one of those two to, uh, to absolutely do that. This coming from uh, Dave Lander. Uh, after uh, the first preseason game, time for some hot take overreaction questions. I love it. Is Nate uh, now Studfeld or Dud or Dudfeld? I think he's still Studfeld. Like I said, the bomb made up for it, so we're good there. And Jordan Mailata on the fifty-three. I don't think so. Uh, and he goes on to say, or do they uh, find a broken toenail to get him on IR as he won't get through waivers if he tries <laughs> if he uh, if he tries to make the pr- uh, practice squad? I think he will get through the waivers first of all uh, because I don't think that most of the time when it's a project, people don't know what you've already done, and unless they it's a team that wants to know what the Eagles are running or what they're doing or their stop sets are, any of that, then uh, I, I think he will make it through. I think he will be back on the practice squad, and I do believe that he will stay here up until next year. We, it, we should note that there's got to be somebody with the broken toenail IR. People have suggested that might be just Sweat, but if he continues to do what he does, it's going to be hard to do that unless they feel like they're not going to get him in there and they need help somewhere else so uh that'll be interesting there if you have any uh any questions or if we missed anything during any of these episodes please let us know vince quinn and i will be on sports radio 94 wip tomorrow saturday from 1 to 3 august 11th uh and that will be rebroadcasted right here on the go birds uh, podcast of feed so with that we will certainly see you uh saturday on the air friday is oh i'm sorry vince quinn has football moves episode two coming out very shortly and like i said we'll see you at chicky and pete's monday for fantasy football at 6 p.m and for actual football for the fun stuff me and james seltzer will be right back there on thursday night to not only um you know have a little fun with the patriots <laughs> but also the bud light is giving out for the first time their uh, their philly special specialized uh, beer uh, boxes with the with the big you know uh, the big bud lights with the philly special engraved in it and the two glasses and it's really really cool so chicken and pete's thursday the 16th will be there and will always be right here on the go birds pod part of radio.com and sports radio 94 wip we'll see you guys Podcast.